Yes, time to cast our eye across the women's game with Alicia Carlebas. Evening, Alicia. How are we, team? Very, very good. good. Very good. Uh, let's yeah. kick things off with the Matildas. They're back in action this week. Three big Olympic qualifiers against Iran, uh, the Philippines and Chinese Taipei. Uh, I guess the potential banana skin out of the three is the Philippines with uh, Mark Torcaso now in charge, doubling up, doing the two jobs with Weston. He will know how the Matildas play better than anyone. Correct, correct. He definitely will. And look, it's it's going to be an interesting qualification for the Philippines team in general. New coach, um, obviously players that are also come off the back of a World Cup as well. They're made in World Cup. So I think there'll be a team also brimming with confidence, having some some experience now at, at the top level and also um, players that play in our league. So I don't think they'll they'll be backwards and coming forwards, put it that way, but I think it's a very comfortable uh, qualifying campaign for the Matildas. In terms of the, the squad that was announced then, most of that World Cup squad are back. Only a couple of youngsters, Amy Sayer and Charlie Rule, have, um, have come into the side. Would you have liked to see a little bit more experimentation from Tony Gustafsson or, or given how important these matches are, you're okay with the squad? Look, they're, they're important matches and without any disrespect to the opposition, of course, I think there's opportunity for all, um, experimenting with younger players, absolutely. So I think, uh, again, uh, possibly an opportunity missed um, at this stage of of things with the Matildas framework. I mean, there are players, obviously, that have come off the back of, of a very, very successful World Cup. And I, I dare say there's mounting expectation on on medals at the Olympics as well. But mm. if there was a time to play at home, uh, utilise some fresh legs, some, some under-23s players, which I, I really believe this Olympic team should shape up in the future to be like the Ollie Roos in, in the women's game as well, where you're, you're sending over a potentially younger squad. I think this was the opportunity that Tony could have done that. And I think... Um, so again, a, a missed opportunity in, in my opinion. Give us one or two names, Alicia. Who would you have liked to have seen in the squad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, McNamara for me was uh-huh. a no-brainer. I think that was just the perfect. Holly McNamara should have been in that squad, um, arguably in the World Cup squad as well. I think she was in form, but um, for me, that's one. Galich uh, mm. is another one that I would have liked to have seen in there. Uh, Daniela, I thought she was fantastic and I've seen her at 23's level in camp as well she's she's one of those stars of the future so there's a couple I would have liked to have um, seen in the mix. Credit to you Alicia for not dodging that question (laughs) Uh, now the feel good factor (laughs) from the Women's World Cup continues in the Liberty A-League a new record crowd for Brisbane Raw uh, at Ballymore as they edged out the champion Sydney FC thanks to Chelsea Blissett. Uh, Raw have now beaten both Victory and Sydney. They've, they've had a, a few sort of up and down seasons in the women's competition. Are, are they back to being contenders, do you think? Look, there's a lot happening up here in terms of, of the Raw and as, as a club in particular. I think we're seeing a big culture shift. It's quite a young team still. There's some key players, obviously, there. Jenna McCormick's there. Uh, Tamiki Yallop, obviously, is a big one. And then some some regular faces that we've seen over the last couple of years. But what we're seeing up here in Queensland is there's been a substantial culture shift at the club, which I think is important. Um We've seen that record crowd, which felt like days of old, felt like the very first two seasons of the old W League, if I'm being honest, at that match on the weekend. It felt really good, really good energy. Um, and I think if if they can keep the consistency and they can keep that momentum um, and the support of the club as well, I think um, 
it's going to be a very healthy season for this team. I'd love to see them in the top four. And last year's grand finalists, Western United, they came from behind uh, to beat Melbourne Victory 2-1 for their first three points. Uh, and we mentioned earlier Mark Torcaso in charge there and also of, of the Philippines. Um, I mean, that can't be hard uh, or that can't be easy to uh, to juggle those two jobs. But that's that's where he is at the moment. And, and Victory, they've, they've lost both of their opening games. They're looking shaky mm. defensively. Yeah, look, they are. I definitely think they are. And I think there's a few things that they need to look at defensively as as a whole. Um, it, I think that Lydia Williams, she's, she's caught the injury as well, which isn't easy. Um, we talk about leadership from the back quite often in the defence. And just, just getting that cohesion, I think, is a big thing early in the season. I think um, the Western Sydney Wanderers also looked a little bit shaky in the back for my liking as well. And you're just seeing teams just starting to adjust. We touched on it last week. It's just trying to settle into patterns, and, and we're seeing it in glimpses around the park, but defensively a few teams still trying to find their feet and struggling a little bit early on. Now, congratulations to the Central Coast Mariners. A little bit of history for them in the weekend. They got their first win in the competition uh, since they were first in it back in November 2009, uh, defeating Adelaide United. Uh, one big question I wanted to ask you, and it's the $64 million question, I guess, Alicia. Perth Glory are currently top of the shop. They've just played their first game at HPF Park in five years at the weekend. Susan Fonsoncam's second goal of the campaign, enough to defeat the Newcastle Jets. The team are doing well. They're back at HBF Park. We got the Matildas in town for three big internationals. Probably around 100,000 fans in total will watch the national team in WA this coming week. And the crowd figure for the Glory women at the weekend, 1,450. And six and a half for the men. How do we translate that clear interest in the Matildas and international club football, uh, sorry, international football into club football? a wonderful question, Simon. <laughs> really, really wonderful. I'm hoping you've got the answer. <laughs> I'll try and answer. Oh, she's, oh, she's still there. You're still there, Alicia. Sorry, we lost you for a minute. Go on. Yeah, I'm still here. Still here. No, no, all good. Uh, just how we promote the game, I think, is, is a really big one. We have, in my opinion, with the A-League, a, a very unique opportunity where we're, we're not competing with our friends in the AFL and the NRL through the summer. They're, they're gone. Their season's over. And I think we need to capture audiences slightly differently to how we, we ordinarily do. I don't believe there's been near enough changes at the moment in the A-League to capture this the way we would love to see it, uh, capturing... 3% to 5% of the, the attendees that ordinarily go to a Matilda's match, for me, is not enough. It's, what it's what changes, Alicia? Got, what changes would you like to what see? What changes? Yeah. Uh, how we market the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. You yeah. t- you're talking about making yeah. heroes out of the players or are you talking about literally sticking posters on walls or TV adverts or... Uh, visibility. Visibility yeah. is a big one for me. Um, as a person who just is... A, football nut, um, self-confessed, I don't see enough of our game in terms of visibility mm. for the for the everyday person. Fair enough. Yeah. Go on, Broski. Looking at the uh, the Wanderers game, I mean, we know that they change coaches very shortly before the start of the season and it's going to take them a little bit of time, but the shock of the round was, was undoubtedly Wellington Phoenix's uh, 3-0 away win at Western Sydney Wanderers ground. Um, I guess a positive yeah. being... Uh, that incredible Sam Kerr record that was broken when Talia Yunus stepped on the field uh, to become the youngest player in the competition at 14 years. Incredible. 
yeah, it's amazing, amazing achievement for her. And I really, really hope her career is is long and it's successful. And um, if anything, can replicate a, an inch of what Sam Kerr's achieved in her time as well. So I'm I'm very happy to see youngsters come through, and also coaches give them that confidence at this level, at the eight league level. I think it's really important. And I hope she goes from strength to strength. But um, definitely a, a tough time again for for the Wanderers. Um, changes of course but still difficult all the same yeah 14 years of age goodness me i can't even remember when i was 14 <laughs> the days are black and white um <laughs> elsewhere rihanna policina double enough for melbourne city uh, to make it 2-2 against canberra united of course the liberty early takes a bit of a break this weekend because of the internationals uh, just one final question alicia about overseas uh, manchester city are top of the fa women's super league good, good that we're top of one competition uh, and good to see yep. both alana <laughs> kennedy and, and mary fowler starting in the win over leicester for whom uh, courtney nevin also started in midfield yeah, look, and it's a change for Courtney. Um, I know originally she's always been a midfield player that was sort of converted into the back line, but very, very happy to see all three of those players get minutes. We saw leading into the World Cup, both Alana Kennedy and, and Mary Fowler struggle for minutes. So I think this is much more positive for them, much more positive for their consistency and as well for the national team and, and building into the Olympics. So good news um, internationally on the domestic scale of the WSL and, and good to see all of those players involved. Absolutely. Uh, Alicia, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for your time as ever. And we will speak to you same time next week. See you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. That's uh, Alicia Carnabas with a wrap of what's happening in women's football. We're going to take another quick break. On the other side of it, we will wrap up some of the Euro action and answer some of your messages.